Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a new book on college basketball and Syracuse basketball once again on the bubble. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest is our great friend from ESPN.com and author of Miracles on the Hardwood, John Gasway. John, always a pleasure to have you on the program. How are you today? I'm excellent. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, John, it's our pleasure. And I want to get you started on this one. Your book, Miracles on the Hardwood, officially comes out next week on March 16. Tell us about the book and how excited you are for it to come out. Uh, I'm very excited because this is my first book. So I'm I'm a rookie at this uh, and I do not want to be one and done. Maybe I can do uh, more of them after this. And uh, I'm really, uh, really, really enthusiastic about uh, the way it's turned out. Uh, it is a history of Catholic college basketball, and I need hardly add that uh, when you tell that story from Naismith until the 2020 tournament not happening, and you flip the index, uh, Jim Beheim and Syracuse uh, get get hefty sections, and you can you can just kind of point to your decade of choice starting with the 70s and uh, they were there and having an impact on that on that catholic history very much so um i certainly want uh, everybody not just uh, fans of big east and gonzaga uh, teams to run out and buy that book and uh, i hope that uh, everyone enjoys it yeah we're definitely looking forward to giving it a read and john let's talk a little college basketball What did you find to be the biggest surprise from this college basketball season as we head into championship season? Uh, Too many to count. Uh, I would start with the fact that uh, we're having this discussion in March and Kentucky is nowhere near uh, the tournament discussion. That is very strange. And now that I've said that out loud, they will definitely win the SEC tournament and be, you know, in in the NCAA. So more power to them. <laughs> but uh, that that is very strange territory for us to be in, and we'll we'll probably talk a little bit later about you know, some blue chip struggles. But Kentucky has definitely exhibit A there. Um, I'm very surprised that uh, Michigan won uh, the Big Ten regular season. Uh, people. We're projecting them more around the sixth or seventh finishing team, and they proved everyone wrong, so more power to them. That was a big surprise. And then lastly, I guess I would just say, uh, with some serious and obvious exceptions uh, that we can talk to, both in terms of teams and conferences, um, I, I almost hesitate to say this, knock on wood, it feels almost like a normal uh period of time going into the NCAA tournament, a somewhat normal champ week. I'm I'm sure that there will be other shoes that are to drop, but uh, based on what we thought last fall when, you know, everybody was yelling and screaming about, you know, should we 
play college football or not. And the Big Ten was saying, no, we shouldn't. Yes, we should. Um, and all heck was breaking loose in that direction. Uh, it, it didn't look so good, you know, for a, for a quote unquote normal college basketball season. And again, I know a lot of, uh, teams, including big names, have missed a significant number of games. I'm not minimizing that, but, we seem to have netted out to a surprisingly normal place, maybe like 85% of normal. And uh, my fingers are crossed that, that we can uh, get it done for uh, Champ Week and especially for a, a full-scale NCAA tournament. That would be great. You mentioned Kentucky, so let's get into that. There was a time this season when the blue-chip programs in college basketball history, and we're talking Kentucky, Kansas, UNC, Duke, Syracuse, UCLA, they were all unranked. I know Kansas has since rebounded, and they're ranked inside the top 15. But did you ever think you'd see a day like that? No, and some of the blue-chip uh, programs, as you as you state, have recovered nicely from the depths of I guess late January was the was the nadir, um, but obviously you know Kansas has come storming back they, as we as we tape this. They're they're expected to be a number three seed, so I mean goodness, no complaints there. Uh, and there are other examples as well. You know Michigan State has made a great charge here, and it looks like they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. But to get back to the Kentucky Duke, you know nexus of the blue chip problem here, uh, it, it does raise the the question of, of the hazards of one-and-done uh, recruiting. Uh, we, we know the rewards. You know, Kentucky won it all in 2012. Duke did, too, in 2015. And both those teams had three one-and-done starters. Uh, so it, it can be a good thing, and I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, looking past that at all. But we're struggling, I think, with recruiting rankings. I know I have uh, for years and, and how best to do them. And, and the nut of the problem is if, if Duke goes out and gets like, you know, five guys who are among the, the top 60 recruits in the country and Kentucky does the same, that that's a good thing. And you want to recognize that, you know, in whatever recruiting system you have. But there's a difference between doing that and getting, you know, obviously Zion Williamson or, or Anthony Davis, but in more contemporary terms, there's a difference between doing what Kentucky and Duke have done with these current recruiting classes and even getting one, say, Jalen Suggs or one Evan Mobley or obviously one Cade Cunningham. And once we get to the point where we can say, aha, you know, in advance, you know, these are the three guys who are actually going to move the whole, you know, team performance metric forward and these other guys, you know, they've got promise. Many of them will be in the NBA someday, but they're just really not going to have that freshman impact. Once we're able to say that, then, then we'll really be able to say, oh, watch out for blue chip, blue chip struggles this year, but not quite there yet. And so I was definitely surprised. And speaking of blue chips, the ACC is a blue chip conference typically. Not so much this year. As you see from top to bottom, there isn't that typical ACC team on the one line. What happened, and do you see a Final Four contender among the group? Yeah, what happened to my eyes is, you know, total coincidence because, for one thing, uh, no, although the ACC is uh, synonymous with, you know, the you know elite talent and the best recruiting, and rightfully so, and we can we can point at those uh, dynamics quantitatively. 
Uh, it's also true that no ACC program puts all of its eggs in the one-and-done basket to the same extent that Duke does. So, you know, you could say, okay, Duke is, is struggling. That doesn't explain why the entire rest of the ACC seems to be a bit down. And for that, I blame my friend, you know, Mr. Coincidence. It's just every team has its own story there. And uh, the conference is struggling. I was looking at this just this morning in relation to uh, something that someone else brought up. But uh, the uh, regular season champion and the best team in terms of Ken Palm right now is Virginia. And if you took this current Virginia team and you took them back in time two years, you would be looking at merely the fifth best ACC team. So that's a that's an indication that uh, – um, a lot of teams are struggling at the same time for various uh, different reasons. We've been over Duke's reasons uh, and the other uh, teams, they all have stories like that. Uh, Florida State lost a lot of talent and for a while this season it was like, wow, you know, they haven't even missed a beat, but they kind of have, you know. And so it is a problem when you when you lose uh, so much uh, experience and talent and a lot of the ACC programs have stories like that, but that being said, uh, it's always possible that yes, there is a a Final Four team here. Not everybody saw, you know, the South Carolina Final Four team in advance, much less Loyola Chicago a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, you've got uh, you've got ACC teams, primarily Virginia and Florida State, that that net out you know much stronger on paper than than those teams did. So I would. Never say never, and uh, I would not be surprised at all to see an ACC team there at the end this year. And, John, we'll get you out of here on this one. Two weeks ago, Syracuse loses two on the road against Georgia Tech and Duke, and many people, myself included, said they were probably not making the NCAA tournament. Then they pick up right, solid thanks, wins Mike. against UNC and Clemson at home. They're back in the conversation. So I ask you this, John, what does Syracuse have to do to make the NCAA tournament this week? Syracuse drew a wonderful uh, bracket at the ACC tournament for somebody trying to play their way into the field, and that's where we think they are. The good news for Syracuse fans is that they are perched just outside the field. Now, again, the committee will do whatever it wants. Uh, We're just a bunch of uh, people out here outside the committee room uh, speculating, but historically speaking, uh, when a bunch of people are speculating and we can capture all of those, uh, it does sum to a pretty good uh, projection of what the committee will actually do. So, again, as, as we're talking now, uh, Syracuse is shown as you know one of the first one or two teams outside of the tournament field. Uh, they have to beat NC State in their first game at the ACC tournament. Do that, and you've got. Uh, game against Virginia. That's wonderful news for fans of the Orange. Uh, Virginia, by about 10 spots, in fact, is the highest-ranked ACC teams in in terms of the NCAA's net rankings. That is the best neutral floor win that you can get in the ACC. So, and you'll hear this a lot, you know, beat Virginia, and I think this team is in. John Gassaway thinks that too. I <laughs> beat Virginia. I think you're, I think you're in. The only, the only asterisk I would put by that is if you then lose the next game, if that's the entirety of the push that you've made. And then the conference tournaments elsewhere just go absolutely nuts and there are bid thieves taking away at large slots. Then, then you would start to sweat a little bit. But, uh, in most scenarios, uh, that's, that's what the conventional wisdom is going to say. 
win two more games, beat NC State, beat Virginia, and you're in. John, thanks so much for coming back on the program. Again, John Gasway from ESPN.com. Make sure you pick up your copy of Miracles on the Hardwood, which comes out on March 16. John, appreciate the time. Enjoy the NCAA tournament, and we'll speak with you soon. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Always great speaking with John Gasway, and I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, amazingly, we reached the end of the regular season. Syracuse finishing as the number eight seed and will face North Carolina State in the second round of the ACC tournament on Wednesday at 12 noon. What is your take of the state of the orange now that we're in championship season? Well, just as you say, Wes, doesn't each season fly by? I mean, I say that every year when watching the games, that this is going to be over before we know it. And this year, even more so because 24 games played instead of the normal 31, so seven less games, but the time frame still went by really quickly. SU basketball just flies by. Even Jim Beheim's 45-year career, to me, has almost flown by. That might not make the most sense, but just so fun to watch Syracuse basketball each winter. And as we zero in now on 2021 and what Syracuse has to do to make the NCAA tournament, uh, I, I think two wins might be just enough. And I think that because beat NC State for a third time this season and then draw most likely Virginia. Well, you will draw Virginia. Got the bye right into the, the one seed into Thursday. So if they go out and beat Virginia, which is probably the hottest team in the ACC as the regular season comes to an end, I think that kind of win would get Syracuse over the hump uh, to get into an NCAA tournament invite you know, albeit maybe the first four, uh, again, like they did back in 2018. But I think a win over Virginia would do it. And, of course, after that, you know, Georgia Tech or Clemson, that 4-5 game in the semifinals, if they do beat UVA, that would be more gravy uh, on the uh, resume, you know, on top of the cake. And I think that would, you know, certainly do it three victories and then playing in the championship and even losing it again, I think would secure an NCAA tournament bid. I, I think the ACC has been better this season than national media perception. I know the Big Ten gets a lot of attention. I know the teams in the Big 12 get a lot of attention and they should. But, you know, just because the ACC has some teams with mediocre records in the middle, I don't think it takes away from the quality of players. If you look at the all-tournament team released uh, on Monday, there were players from a lot of different teams, from some teams in the lower half of the standings. So I, I think it's been better than, than the national perception. So that's why I'm kind of thinking that a win in, in the second game against a Virginia, the hottest ACC team going into postseason, would secure an NCAA bid for Syracuse. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus, Brad, and that's the metric that John Gassaway was using. But let's talk about a scenario where Syracuse only beats NC State and loses to Virginia. Is there enough there on the resume that Syracuse could still make it into the NCAA tournament, only winning one game in the ACC championship? I think it could, Wes, but you know, so much uh, you know has to happen in other places, other tournaments around the country. Uh, you know, what the exact percentage of just one and done would get in? It's low. It's, you know, 10%, 20%, something like that. It's certainly uh, very low for Syracuse with just, you know, hoping that one victory would do it. Because, 
you know, I, I think other teams are going to do better, you know, and go further. Teams like Syracuse right on the, you know, on the outside looking in or right there at the line. If one or two of those teams does what we were talking about earlier about, you know, winning two games or even into a third, they're going to bump Syracuse out. Um, you know, without drilling down to all the nitty gritty of those numbers, I, I would not think just one win would get them in the NCAA tournament uh, because of what else is going to happen around the country. And Brad, we are right at the end of our show, your closing thoughts. And my closing thought kind of segues on that answer. If Syracuse does not make the NCAA tournament, I'm thinking about why are they holding the NIT? First of all, they're dropping it in half from 32 to 16 teams. They're playing all of the games in the North Texas area, you know, north of Dallas, at a couple of different sites there. I just don't see the point. I mean, why play those games? It's going to be hard enough to make sure a 68-team NCAA tournament goes off without a hitch or two is going to be likely. And, you know, is there going to have to be a replacement team in the background for someone that can't even make it to the state of Indiana? Um, you know, I understand having teams in reserve maybe in that regard. I just do not see the sense of playing the NIT tournament this year. That's four games. Uh, sure, you know, coaches could say, well, you know, I get to see younger players in competition. But almost to me like the college football bowl season when so many teams opted out of playing in a lower-tier bowl game, I kind of see the same with the NIT. The players not maybe having the utmost desire to continue their season any longer other than playing, you know, at the highest competitive level, the biggest bowl game, or in this case, the NCAA tournament. So my final thought is, you know, NIT can take a year off. Brad, my closing thoughts are in the Syracuse women's basketball team. They lost in the ACC semifinals to Louisville over the weekend, but still top Florida State along the way. They're projected as a number eight seed by ESPN in the NCAA tournament, facing off against number nine Oregon State in the Riverwalk region. The NCAA women's tournament will have its selection show on March 15 at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Best of luck to the women's basketball team. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I laugh in the face of danger, but I do so from a pretty large distance. So I guess it's more of me laughing in the direction of danger. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.